Hello, I'm Lisa Kay. And I'm Taylor Cole Longacre. And this is Intentional, Intentional Talk. A show that cares and brings positive to the air. Today on Intentional Talk, we will continue our conversations with our beloved military servicemen and women. And you've been tuning in to so many of our great conversations in the past, and today is no exception. Lots of veterans struggle to readapt to normal life after returning home from war. Our guest today, Brian Fleming, understands this battle. He served as team leader in an infantry platoon with the U.S. Army's 10th Mountain Division while fighting the ground war in Afghanistan. While deployed, his vehicle was blown up twice. After being severely wounded by a suicide bomber in Kandar, he spent 14 months undergoing painful burn treatments and reconstructive surgery. Now, Brian has written three books on human resilience, and he's spoken to over half a million people in live audiences across 42 U.S. states, in seven countries, and on four continents over the past 12 years, teaching small audiences to Fortune 500 companies how to be more resilient and stand firm when everything around them is blowing up in their lives. And to learn more about Brian and to book him for speaking engagements, you can check out blownupguy.com. Welcome, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome. So glad you're here to share your story. Brian, you fought the ground war in Afghanistan, and actually I am the wife of a military veteran, an airborne paratrooper, so I I know a little bit about it, but certainly not the experiences that you've had. So Brian, why do you suggest that people view their lives within the context of war? Uh, I suggest people look at their lives in the context of war because life really is a war. Uh, We live in in a society that's, that's been so comfortable uh, for so long, thankfully, we've had that luxury that a lot of people think their purpose in life is just to just be happy or be comfortable. Nothing wrong with either of those. Those are great things, uh, but that's just not the whole story of life. And if you've ever lost a loved one or been abused or been in a car accident or had something bad go wrong, you know that you experience ambushes in life. When you view life in the context of a war zone, it makes a lot more sense because that's how life unfortunately, well, depending on how you look at it, is structured. Life is structured that way. And so when you look at life in the context of war, you understand life better and you can navigate life better. That's good. Um, yeah. Um, Brian, how were you injured in war? I was uh, inside of two vehicles in Afghanistan that were blown up and totally destroyed. Uh, the first one was uh, April 18th of 2006. I was inside of it. We ran over a double stack of anti-tank mines that were buried in the road in the Argandab Valley. And I actually walked away completely physically unharmed from that one, though I started having headaches every day, memory issues and concentration issues, which I later learned was a mild traumatic brain injury. And then a couple months later in July, on July 24th of 2006, a suicide bomber pulled his minivan right up next to my door while we were driving down Highway 1 and hit the clicker, he blew himself into 10,000 pieces, him and his van. I woke up burned and bloody in a ditch on the side of the road. 
spent 14 months at Burke Army Medical Center in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, survived. So uh, that's uh, the, 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 short, the short story. Wow. Unbelievable, Brian. So after being severely wound, uh, wounded by a, a suicide bomber, and then you spent that 14 months undergoing the burn treatments and all the reconstructive surgery, I also imagine that the mental trauma of going through that was just insurmountable. I mean, how were you able to successfully overcome that devastating injury? Well, one of the things people have to realize is that we can't control the things that happen in life. You and I have zero control of what happens outside of us, but we control every bit of how we respond to those things. And for me, I happened to start talking through a series of, a series of events. Somebody put me on stage and they asked me to share for like two minutes about what happened to me. And I started finding that other people who were fighting their own battles, much different than mine, uh, they were saying things like, if you can make it, so can I. Uh, one, one lady walked up to me and said, hey, I tried to kill myself two weeks ago, but I failed. Uh, if you can make it through this, I think I can get through what I'm going through. And this is literally, literally six months after my injury. And I say all that to say, I started finding meaning in my suffering when I found that there was value to help other people with it. And I, I didn't have any advice for a lot of people at first, but simply people knowing what I experienced, they would look at that and say, just, gosh, I, did, I, I went through my thing, but I didn't go through that, but he's still here. So if he's still kicking, maybe I can keep going forward too. And, uh, but yeah, just finding meaning in my suffering uh, was the greatest turning point in my life. Wow, and it sounds like you mentally also relinquish control because, as you said, we can't control things in our lives, but we can control our responses to those. Make, make, you know, you make it your goal to be the most adaptable person possible. Life is not going to go your way all the time. It's how willing you are to adapt in any amount of situations. And that's not just my life experience. That's me. That's philosophers like Marcus Aurelius to Holocaust survivors like Viktor Frankl. That tends to be a, to a common theme in life is being willing to adapt constantly and you're, you never know what's around the corner. What do you think is the most, most important life skill a person can develop? I think one of the most important life skills a person can develop is the ability to communicate clearly. I mean, on the battlefield, I mean, it's just as important literally just as important to have bullets in your gun as it is to have communication with your unit. Because you can, have, you, can have, you can run out of ammunition on a battlefield, but if you can call in an airstrike on your enemy, you don't need those bullets. You need your buddies in helicopters and airplanes dropping bombs on the enemy. So it's just as important. And it's not only that way, it's in our marriage relationships, it's in our, uh, how we communicate in business, how we talk to other people, our friends. If you're going through something in your life, your ability and your willingness to talk about that and to seek out advice and clearly help people understand what you're going through, they know how to help you now. But if you can't say it or you don't know how to communicate it or how to ask for help, you're going to have a really tough time getting through whatever it is you're going through. You know, uh, Brian, you, you're aware of my nonprofit, Fellowship Power Lunch. 
it's exactly developed, created for that reason. For people to hear your stories such as yours and learn that they're not going, whatever they're going through in life, they don't have to go through it alone. If they would just talk it out, share it, and then sometimes just listening to a story like yours that lets makes them realize they're not alone. And Taylor's here, I'm here. For anyone in the public audience that needs just an ear, reach out to us. Um, just wanted to share that real quick. Well, it's just like you said, you know, because one of the turning points in my life was when I met my first mentor and he was horribly injured in Vietnam years, decades before I was injured in my war. And without knowing it, I looked at him and I thought, if he can make it, so can I. Well, someone else looked at me and said that. And now other people are looking at you, both of you and everyone else listening. People are watching you and how you overcome things in your life. And it's giving them hope when you do. That's good. So Brian, we were talking about life skills and you mentioned the importance of communication in marriage. I'm wondering, is communication one of the reasons that you've been able to stay happily married to your lovely wife all these years? Absolutely. Uh, A faith that is aligned together, her and I are on the same page, as well as the ability to communicate clearly with with each other. You have to understand, my wife and I got married three months before I deployed to Afghanistan. So almost all of our marriage, your military wife, you know what it's like. Uh, I literally, our whole marriage except for three months has been war and post-war. We should not have made it statistically. We should not have. But we were willing and able and we, we, I understand her communication style. She understands mine. We know how to communicate. We do things like give each other the benefit of the doubt, things like that. Uh, We understand that just because one thing is said doesn't mean that that exact message is received. I can say one thing and she receives it the way she receives it and vice versa. We both understand that and we've learned enough about each other where I, I know how to say the same thing three ways. And I can say it in a way that I just want to say it, or I can say it in a way where she'll not only hear what I'm saying, but she'll receive what I'm saying. And there's a difference there. Oh, yes. Oh, that's good. That's smart. That's something that all men need to hear, please. (laughs) (laughs) Know how to say it three ways. (laughs) And when when your name used to be Sergeant Fleming, and then your wife calls you Sergeant Fleming, you know you're probably not saying it in a way that connects best with her. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Is that when you know she's upset with you? <laughs> yeah, it's usually when I'm saying it. See, I, I'm very blunt and I'm very clear. Yeah. But it's not the nicest way to say something. And I've learned that her communication style is that she, she takes into consideration people's feelings before she communicates. How will this make people feel? Yeah. My communication style says, we're, we're on a mission. Let's just get it done. We can talk and be friends later. There's very little emotion in it. Uh, and so there's a lot of potential for strife there. Yeah. What do you think one of the toughest communication battles you and your wife have faced in marriage? Uh, one of the greatest battles uh, we've had to face in marriage is one that a lot of people deal with, and that's propaganda. And 
propaganda basically, if you're arguing with your spouse, propaganda is the story going through your head. Most of the time when you're in an argument with your spouse, you're thinking one story, they're thinking another. And there's one issue here, but there's two approaches and they're not aligned on the same page yet. I always figure if we can get people arguing about the same thing, that's called progress. Because propaganda is basically a communication, a messaging that is used to persuade people to a certain way of thinking. And it's usually used in politics and different places like that where it's not always entirely honest. And we have propaganda that goes through our head every day. So the, the biggest thing is ensuring you can break through that propaganda so you can actually have a, a, a clear, communicated conversation with your, with your spouse, for example. Mm. Yeah. Um, I love that. That, yeah. that seems like it's something to, basically marriage is a, a, a war place. It can be a battlefield if we don't use the right artillery to help us fight those battles. So, Brian, you have something called the Marriage Battle Plan. What is that, and how can Lisa Kay and I get her hands on it? Yeah, the Marriage Battle Plan is a program that my wife and I developed and we created together. And the marriage, basically, a lot of people struggle to communicate clearly in their marriages. So we adapted a proven military communication framework that the military, we use on the battlefield in war zones to communicate clearly while under uh, situations of stress or pressure. And so we did that so that couples can also use that in their marriages. We adapted it to a marriage relationship so couples can actually get on the same page. They can get in alignment. They can clear, clear things up. They're not in a fog. And they can actually enjoy the marriage that they actually wanted to have the day they got married. Because a lot of people get married and then things change and they go, this isn't what I signed up for. Well, here's an example. Most people, they don't ever tell their spouse what their expectation is in this marriage. And then they get mad when that expectation goes unmet. But as many men have said, I can't read your mind. And, and he can't read yours either. So, yeah, the marriage battle plan is a communication structure that we adapted from the military that shows couples how to communicate clearly. And if you want to learn more about that, just go to marriagebattleplan.com. And uh, we have some awesome resources in there. Are you offering classes? Is that what you said online or in person classes as well? Yeah, right now, right now it's an online curriculum. It's an online program, and we will be doing live events here pretty soon as well. Wonderful. And they can get materials off of your website? Yep, yep. All the information is at marriagebattleplan.com. Okay. Wonderful. Good news, Taylor. <laughs> That's good news. And just in time for the holidays, we could certainly start to fill up our shopping list with great resources that can last us a lifetime and help us have a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Brian Fleming, suicide bombing survivor, author, inspirational speaker, Purple Heart recipient. Thank you for joining us today for Intentional Talk. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure. It's a true pleasure. Taylor, would you learn more about Intentional Talk on our website, intentionaltalk.org? You can also find our episodes anywhere you get your podcast and on my channel on pray.com. And then Lisa Kay, tell everyone about our upcoming Fellowship Power Lunch Gathering as well as the Veterans Appreciation. 
Yes. So every third Tuesday of each month, we have Fellowship Power Lunch. We have it uh, uh, virtual and we have it live now, which I'm glad. Um, get to get a few hugs in there. But it's the third Tuesday of every month. You can find us on fellowshippowerlunch.com. And also, every November, the third Tuesday, this year is November the 17th, is our Veterans Appreciation Lunch. And we need sponsors. So please, reach out to me. Um, you can connect with me through fellowshippowerlunch.com. Or I'm going to give you my cell phone number, 469-647-2157. Help us as sponsors to make bring out more awareness in our veteran communities, please. We'd love to have your participation. Wonderful. Well, again, Brian Fleming, thank you for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Intentional Talk with Lisa Kay and Taylor.